Hello and welcome to this recorded service for Sunday the 9th of May 2021, which is the 6th Sunday of Easter. Uh, My name is Peter Walker and I'm joined today by Anne Gibbs leading our prayers and by Fran Foster reading the Bible with music once again provided by the St Martin's Singers. Just a little notice at this point, we've noticed in recent weeks that not so many people have been using this online service. Now I suppose that we have more services in person in our various churches. So I'd like to ask you a question. Do you still value this audio service? Please get in touch and let me know how it helps you to pray. I really appreciate hearing uh, Thank you very much. But anyway, we're going to begin our service today with a hymn by Timothy Dudley Smith, Name of All Majesty. Thank you. 
Though we are scattered physically, we've come together online in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world and to seek the forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. Christ died to sin once for all, and now he lives to God. Let us renew our resolve to have done with all that is evil and confess our sins in penitence and faith. We say together, Lord God, we have sinned against you, we have done evil in your sight, we are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse you from your sins and restore you in his image to the praise and glory of his name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the collect for this Sunday. Risen Christ, by the lakeside you renewed your call to your disciples. Help your church to obey your command and draw the nations to the fire of your love, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. The reading is taken from Acts chapter 10, starting to read at verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptised with water. They have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. The reading is taken from John 15, verses 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Father, please speak to us and encourage us as we read your word together. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Today's Gospel reading from John chapter 15 is definitely uh, linked to last week's Gospel reading. Not only does it come from the same chapter, but it explores the same theme, remaining in Jesus, the true vine. We read last week, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. I was privileged a few years ago to go and see the autumn hillsides in France, glorious with the turning vines and uh, the rich harvest there to be harvested. Sweet grapes, coloured leaves, it's a beautiful sight. But to get to that stage is a lot of work. The vine is naturally a very vigorous plant. My late mother uh, grew one many years ago, and I know that she spent a lot of time tending it, pruning it. If you don't prune a vine, it becomes a great tangle. Uh, It grows easily 20 feet in every direction, uh, just uh, in an average piece of soil. It needs pruning and hard in order to control it and encourage it to put its effort into producing fruit and not just leaves. Lovely plant as it is, several times in the Old Testament, God describes Israel as a vine. You can look up Isaiah chapter 5 or Psalm chapter 8. But just to take one example, Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 21 says... I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? Israel was very proud of being God's vine. But always in the prophets there seemed to be something wrong. The vine produced no fruit. The vine produced bad fruit. or The vine had been trampled and spoilt. In Jesus' day, the front of the temple was decorated with a huge gold vine. Many very wealthy Jews left money in order to have a bunch of grapes added after they died, or even gave the money just for a single grape. When, after Jesus' day, uh, the Jews rebelled against the Romans, they issued their own money for a while, which had a bunch of grapes on one side as a symbol of their nationhood. So you see, it was a very important symbol, the vine. But Jesus tells his disciples, I am the true vine. When God chose Abraham to be the father of his chosen people, God's stated purpose was to bless all peoples. But it seemed that the Jews found this difficult. They were attracted by foreign gods, or they became inward-looking. And finally, of course, they crucified the Messiah. But Jesus is the true vine, the true Son of God, the obedient Son. By his sacrifice and the mission of his church, God's purpose is fulfilled, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
So Jesus is the true vine, and his father is the gardener or vine dresser or farmer. Uh, that great uh, Bishop William Temple once wrote, The vine lives in order to give its lifeblood. Its flower is small, but its fruit is abundant. And when that fruit is mature and the vine has become, for a moment, glorious, the treasure of the grapes is torn down and the vine is cut right back to the stem. You could say that God is hungry for fruit. That's why he prunes it. He cuts off the dead and the useless branches. They end up in the fire. And he prunes even the good branches to make them more fruitful. Maybe Jesus was thinking of Judas when he said this. He looked outwardly like a branch, but the winter frosts of temptation showed him to be a withered and dead branch to be thrown away. Sadly, in every church there are probably some who at the end will be seen to be dead branches. It's not for us to judge who those might be. All we must do, as Peter wrote in his epistle, is make our calling and election sure. The positive side of pruning is that it makes us fruitful. Jesus refers to his word, which has cleaned or pruned his disciples. It cleans and prunes us if we let the Bible mould our lives. God also uses hard circumstances and trials, which are certainly, as the writer to the Hebrews said, Not pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, as the writer said, it produces a harvest. See Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. It is true in both gardening and Christian experience that the harder the pruning, the greater the fragrance and beauty that will or can later be released. God longs for fruit, so in his pruning, He often cuts deeper than we should ever have chosen. Sometimes all we can do is to trust that God is indeed working in all things for the good of those who love him. Paul wrote, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8 verse 28. So what is this fruit that God is looking for? It's not grapes and grape juice. What is it? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. uh, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. It's also the fruit of growth in numbers. Think of the parable of the sower. Uh, Jesus talked about how some grains produce 40, 60 or 100 fold. It's also the fruit of a transformed society, social action making a difference in the world, the fruit of a healed world, a climate justice for all, all aspects of the kingdom of God. This is the fruit that God looks for. And God and Jesus commands us to remain in him. Now you could read this passage as some inward mystical sense of being united to Jesus. But that's not what it's all about. That's only a part of it. 
and for some people, doesn't seem to be something they're really aware of at all. Now, Jesus compares our remaining in him to his remaining in the Father. John 15 verse 10. He says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Remaining in Jesus may sometimes be something you can feel, subjective, but it is mainly bracingly objective. It's to do with obedience. Not dull hardship, but giving joy and life. God's commands are for our good. And then we come at the end of the passage to the privilege of prayer. Those who stick close to Jesus, those who remain in him, those who want what Jesus wants, i.e. those who seek his will, and those who seek fruit for Jesus, can ask for whatever they want, and God will give it. (laughs) So often, the church prayer meetings are the least well-attended meeting that any church puts on. Jesus promised to be with his followers and to hear their prayers if two or three agree about anything. Uh, One bright spark once said that Jesus probably included the bit about two or three because he knew that was about the maximum number who would turn up at most prayer meetings. Let us pray. Pray on our own. Pray with friends. Pray as a church. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not, if we are to bear fruit in the world. Let us thank God for being, for the privilege of being part of the vine. And let us resolve to pray for his kingdom to come in this world now. Amen. Our next hymn is Come Down, O Love Divine, Seek Thou This Soul of Mine.
let us declare our faith in God. We believe in God, the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God, the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now Anne's going to lead us in our prayers. Thank you, Father, for your great love for all of us. You look on the inside and don't discriminate on how we look, how we speak, what we have or have not, or our past. Thank you, Jesus, you said we can come to you and ask whatever we want in your name. So we do this now as we think of those places, people and situations which need your help and intervention. As we progress out of lockdown measures, we pray for those countries which are still suffering, particularly India, where the virus is spreading throughout the rural population now. Please, Father, use your power and influence to enable resources of oxygen, medication and medical staff to be available to help the struggling hospitals and health centres. Also, we pray for Brazil and for all those families there who have been affected by loss of earnings and education for the children. We ask for an end to the spread of this devastating disease. So many have been affected too in this country. We pray for those who have lost their jobs or had reduced income. We pray that those who have been made redundant will find new jobs. Some have struggled with loneliness and depression. Please be alongside them and bring support. We pray for those mourning the loss of a loved one. We think especially of Sue Lawrence following John's funeral last Thursday. Please, Lord, give her strength each day to begin life now on her own. We also pray for family and friends of Zena Mason from Exhall, who died this week. As we look forward to Sheila Bridge joining us, we pray for all the moving arrangements and of her bringing her work to an end in rugby. We pray that we will be prepared to welcome her in the church and in this community. We thank you for the Hal Mohammed family who are settling into Bidford and the children into school and nursery. We pray that this will continue to go well and for them to meet more people in the community and to be able to mix more when restrictions lift. Finally, let us spend a few moments thinking of anyone we know who needs help or for any situations we ourselves are struggling with at the moment. We lift all these prayers to you, our loving Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our final hymn is a new hymn. Lord, you give the great commission, heal the sick and preach the word.
The love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill your hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.